Yo, 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 what's up, guys? Um, it's Aloe back at it again with another episode of the Aloe Cast. Um, and today I have the David Mendes, um, aka one of the best money Twitter accounts and pretty based on Instagram as well. Um, and so, David, if you don't mind introducing yourself for the listeners, um, we'll just go from there. Yes, sir. So, yeah, guys, what's up? Uh, I'm David Mendes. Uh, I'm 25. I, uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, that's how we first started talking. And uh, I'm based in Portugal. I'm Portuguese. Uh, I lived there all my life. And uh, that's that's basically the brief introduction. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to say that I'm recording this at 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, just for my <laughs> yeah, um, This guy's insane, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, so for like the people who aren't familiar with your story, right, mm-hmm. I, I, we talked a little bit before, like, we started recording and you told me that you got into the space at 23 right and right. In, in the money twitter world that's like such a late start right because you're not the 18 year old hustler that's coming out fresh out of college fuck school right. all that and so right. can you kind of tell you like what you were doing before you got onto like the money twitter space in the scene man that's a that's a long story but we're gonna get into it um yeah so basically i uh Let's start from the beginning. I think I think if there's more context, there it's easier to understand why I had a late start like that. So basically, uh, when I was born, my my dad left my mom, so I grew up in a single mom household. Um, my mom married another guy when I was around eight, and when I was around nine, uh, uh, this guy left, and he took all our money. He took a bunch of our shit and uh we were poor like we're talking dirt poor basically <laughs> so uh, basically uh at the time uh, then i got into school had a bunch of problems uh first of all because uh, i had problems at home so um i got into school i i got into like i started doing drugs alcohol uh getting into like altercations really early in my life um and uh yeah my sort of teenage years were very complicated um at the time my uh when i was around 15 i had a bunch of issues um my mom was that was sick she was diagnosed with cancer at the time i also had this girlfriend uh that I met in high school. I, I actually stayed with her for like six years. Um, but yeah, she, when I when we got together, um, she she used to like sell farm and shit, and that was a very complicated period in my life. Right? Uh, there's a bunch of other shit that I'm not gonna get into, but uh, like I was, I grew up dirt poor. I had really complicated years as a teenager. Then when I turned 18, uh, <laughs> I was supposed to go to college, right? And uh, I was there for two weeks, and I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> uh, so I canceled my uh, my paperwork without telling anybody. I just got up to the uh, to the secretary. I like, I I want to cancel my uh, my. I don't know how you call it in the States, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so I canceled everything. I basically dropped out. <laughs> I told my parents like uh, a couple days later. And uh, 
and one of the main reasons is because I wanted to be a video game streamer. So between all of the madness of of, of my life growing up, I was really good at video games. Um, particularly, I used to play a lot of League of Legends, and I was uh, I was I played in the, in the European server. Um, and at the time, at that time, I was challenger, which is like the highest rank possible that you can get to. There's only 200 people that can be there in the region, and my region had millions and millions of players, right? So uh, I was really good, and uh, I wanted to be a streamer. So uh, I had like saved up like 3,000 bucks. <laughs> um, so what I did is I dropped out. I told my parents, my dad, he doesn't speak to me to this day. Like he, we had a huge fight that day. We still don't speak. Uh, my mom, she kind of, she was supportive. She understood. Um, and I went at that time. I went to live with my grandma, right? So I did that. I was like a video game streamer for a year, a year and a half, and I was somewhat successful at it, to be completely honest. Uh, but then life came in the way, and <laughs> uh, I had a bunch of stuff going on, and I needed to get a job, so I got a job. Uh, I was I was working in IT. I did long hours. I fried my fucking brain looking at screens all day. It was in the cubicle. It was like the worst experience ever. I hated my existence working there. Um, then fast forward to 22, 2019. This is a really interesting. This is the beginning of the end, basically. So, 2019, I break up with my girl that I was with for six years. Um, I break up with her, and we still, you know, we still go back and forth for a few months. Um, but eventually, I I cut it off completely. Then, in the middle of the year, I, I meet this new girl. And uh, we start talking. There's not a lot of chemistry in the beginning. But uh, anyway, uh, on the 31st of July, I went to, the, to, to a party. Um, and at this point, I'm like, <laughs> my life is, a, is, is pretty messy. I'm working a job that I hate and been doing so for like two years. I broke up with, with the girl I was with for, for a large period of my life. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know, and I've always wanted to do big things. Uh, and like, I just, <laughs> every day of my life was just perpetual misery of existence. You see what I'm saying? Um, I, I had an issue, uh, when I was younger, uh, that I had, uh, an hernia. I had developed a, an hernia in my abdomen. So I went to this party. And I drank like a motherfucker, crazy. Um, and I got all bloated <laughs> in the stomach, and the hernia like popped out. And usually, sometimes that happened, but usually it would go, it will fall, it would fall back in place, right? But this time it didn't. So I had to go and do emergency surgery. Um, so I was at the party. Next day I wake up like my. My stomach's all bloated uh, <laughs> and shit hurts, basically. So I need to go to the hospital. I go into the ER. I get surgery. Um, and 
yeah, like I <laughs> that shit they fucked up too, basically, in the surgery. So I wake up next day, my mom's there, my ex visits me there too, and she was a nurse. Um so the next day I go back home and basically I have like uh my my stomach is like taped, right? Because of the stitches and so it doesn't, you know, fall apart. But basically, like I, I st- my 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 stomach starts getting like really fucking bloated. Like and so what happened was they did the surgery, they stitched me up, but when they stitched me up, I had like internal uh bleeding leaking, basically. So now like I have the, the fucking tape holding my stomach together and, and pressuring the the stomach so it doesn't fall apart. And there's like internally a bunch of blood <laughs> clogging up and, and accumulating is just like one of the most painful sh- experiences ever uh <laughs> and uh yeah basically i go back home and uh yeah it's it's just excruciating so i go to my mom's house um and um again my ex visits me again again she was a nurse so she kind of took care of me for two weeks um we hadn't seen each other for like months um so yeah we kind of not reconnected not in in that way but you know and then the what happened was very interesting so the other girl that i was speaking to we stopped talking right at that time because you know i I went to surgery like and (laughs) i didn't want to talk to anybody i was just in pain 24 7. my ex, she go, she goes to London on a vacation. Uh, and the day she goes to London, I, I go to to McDonald's with my boys at like two a.m. So we're there, we grab our food, we we get in the parking lot, we're just shooting the shit, um, eating. And it's like three three o'clock, and I get a message on Instagram from this other girl saying that she misses talking to me and shit. So now we start talking again. <sighs> Fast forward, like we're talking every day. Fast forward uh, to my birthday, which is on the 9th of September. Uh, we don't we don't speak to each other that day, um, which I, I found a little bit weird at the time. But anyway, this is where things this is where the catalyst begins, basically. So I'm still recovering like I feel like shit physically like i'm just fucked up um and later that week my birthday was on a sunday later that week the 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 girl she she called she tries to call me she says she needs to talk to me um and uh we she calls me and uh and and i tell her that i can speak right now i'm busy but i'll let her know when i'm home so I arrive home at like two two o'clock in the morning. So I get home and I'm like, if you want to speak, we can we can speak now. She calls me. She's at a club. I can, I can barely hear what the fuck she's saying, but she's like crying and shit and like like oh I need to talk to you like blah blah blah. I'm like sure, <laughs> go ahead. Um, and uh, she tells me that on my birthday she went on a date with a friend of mine. Um. Yeah, like okay, cool. <laughs> um, 
And uh, I'm like, we go on this back and forth, and I tell her, like, yeah, we're not really going to be a thing. You know that, right? <laughs> uh, not after that. But she's like, oh, but, you know, nothing really happened, and blah, blah, blah. And it's it, then whatever. Um, anyway, we, we keep talking, but it's not really, uh, you know. Anyway, th- th- this friend that she went on a date with, he's 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 hosting a house party like he has a big house and i'm invited and she's invited right <laughs> so obviously i i'm going obviously uh, because those are always fun um there's a bunch of people there i arrive at like 3 p.m like at this point i feel like everything is fucked up my body's fucked up my mind is fucked up like my my life situation is fucked up. Everything is like in the gutter, basically. So I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get extremely fucking drunk, um, and that's exactly what I do. I get there at three three p.m. By five p.m., I'm already like fucking wilding out. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm wilding out, and she she arrives at like six seven. We we meet each other, and the party goes on. <clears throat> and I have like it's a the house is the it's like a it's like on a it has like this rooftop that you can climb to, and I I always climb to there um, because it, it it hosts like a nice view and shit. But I was like so drunk, <laughs> so I tried to climb there, but uh, I cut myself in like in the finger. And um, I started bleeding out, bleeding out and shit. Uh, so I need to go to the bathroom to, to to wash my shit. And she's in the bathroom, right? Um. Anyway, eventually we 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 get involved that night, basically, and a bunch of shit happens that night. I'm not gonna get into the details because it's a wild story, but I remember perfectly that night. At some point, probably like 11 p.m. To, uh, or like midnight I'm outside I'm by myself and and this is why like I have such a vivid memory of this moment I'm outside I'm by myself I'm I'm listening to Drake <laughs> listening to Marvin Room by Drake and I'm smoking a cigarette I'm looking at the sky looking at the stars and I was just thinking to myself my life is so fucked right now. <laughs> I just remember this moment so vividly. I, I just remember, like, wow, this is crazy. Like, I need to get my shit together. <laughs> it's so funny because uh, I was doing this, like, I was smoking a cigarette, looking at the stars, listening to some music. Eventually, I closed my eyes, just trying to, like, figure shit out, you know? What am I going to do? And then someone kisses me out of the blue. It's this, 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 the fucking chick. But again, I'm not gonna get into details. Eventually, me and that girl, we start dating. Eventually, um, after that whole party, and that's that. Like that whole party was a catalyst for a bunch of different things happening. Basically, um, eventually, uh, this girl, I, I, I really liked the, the, this girl. Like we 
like we we had a very toxic relationship but it was very fucked up <laughs> but uh eventually we break up in 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 february of 2020 and uh i was you know heartbroken i was like man <laughs> and I, at that point that was like the turning point for me it was like i'm gonna fucking turn this shit around like there's no other way so i get exposed to twitter uh to a friend right and that's when i start getting a grasp of start getting exposed to these concepts and how to make money on the internet and basically like i'm like damn this is crazy and then the pandemic starts right so i'm locked home i'm scrolling twitter all day <laughs> just looking at these people right like the stuff they're talking about like getting exposed to these new concepts so he started uh, started like an anonymous account in like april and i'm selling i'm seeing all these people like sell these info products affiliating and shit so i start like i start creating content it's almost like a team page um and i start like you know putting stuff out there like offers out there first i started as an affiliate eventually i, I created my own thing and like four months into that i, I made like six thousand dollars that month and at the time that was like life-changing money for me um and <laughs> i'm like wow like this is crazy and i decided to quit my job right <laughs> so i i take all the money that i made up, up until that point and i for for reference i've been i've been i was talking to you about this but I've had the same group of friends for like over 15 years now. And people talk about this all the time. Oh, you know, you should only hang around successful people and blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> I don't, I'm not a, <laughs> I don't believe that at all. Um, like whatever success I have, um, I will bring those people up with me. Not like, and I'm not saying that, and again, people have different roles in life and they play different roles in life. And these people, like the one thing has always been their loyalty for me. And throughout this entire process, there was never envy, there was never criticism. It was always support and like praying that I would make it, basically. And now I'm more successful than any of them. But again, we we look at each other the same. There's no like it's kind of like family, you know. So I quit my job, and the first thing I do is <laughs> I rent loud. I, I rent out this this mansion. <laughs> we all go there for two weeks. <laughs> we <laughs> we all go there for two weeks. We go out every night, almost. We get drunk twenty four seven. I remember this. <laughs> I remember this night. <laughs> I, I called some fucking escorts. <laughs> oh, shit. Was, so basically, all the money that I made was blown away in two weeks. 
<laughs> but hey, it was two of the most memorable weeks of my life. Um, and uh, it was amazing. Honestly, it was it was like, uh, and I think that's sort of a, a rite of passage for people. Like, I don't know anybody who didn't have money before or made some money and then like blow it all away. <laughs> like, it's just something you got to get out of your system. But uh, yeah, like I, I'm still doing my thing. Then uh, I had a bunch of uh, drama uh, with people on the Internet. And uh, I kind of had to take a step back um, and, and like figure stuff out, um, you know. In this in this period was was a uh, was also a bit of a, of a sort of a dark period because I was as I said before I was dirt poor basically all my life up until that point and I thought I really had like <laughs> this idea that like once I got money like all my issues would disappear for whatever reason right and then i came to the conclusion that yeah like i got this money in and it's cool but at the end of the day i'm still the same guy and i still have these issues that i have to take care of basically internally speaking right so i went through some soul searching still like trying to figure out like what were the opportunities that i wanted to pursue uh i ran like an agency for like Five to six months. It was somewhat successful. Uh, it, it, I, I made a some cool money with it. But then in 2021, I decided, like, if I was going to do something for cash flow, I think getting into sales was one of the things that I wanted to do. One because I was not particularly good at it. Um, that's the first thing. But I always like to lean into things that is just by default, uh, I like to lean into things that I'm not particularly good at and, and like get to minimum viable competency on those things. Um, and sales was was the vehicle that I chose to, to pursue. So I started getting into high ticket sales back in like, I think June, 2021. And uh, yeah, I got into a bunch of offers. Most of them sucked, right? Most of them were, were not so good opportunities. Then uh, in September, I got into a pretty dope opportunity where I was not, I was more of a consult, business consultant than I was a sales rep because I was helping the business owner with a lot of things besides selling it, the selling itself. And I that was the first opportunity that I, I was allowed the freedom to really uh like i build the script build the the sales process and i got a really good close rate on that offer like i was closing at 35 40% at some point um and then i got a, into Cole Gordon's program um he has like a a sales program i got into it it was awesome honestly at the time uh and one of the things about Cole's programs is that they place you in opportunities. You get into like their pipeline to, to get placed into into companies. So in December, I get a I get a message on Facebook for from from one of uh, Cole's guys, 
kind of like, we have an opportunity for you, or we have an, inter an interview. Um, and I take the interview, I get hired on the interview. Um, and yeah, I get in December, I get into this company. Uh, it's called BJK University. It's an Amazon FBA uh, coaching company. And these guys were doing like 1.5 to $2 million a month. So I get into that. And now I'm exposed to a whole new world. And I get to see behind the scenes how an eight-figure company actually works. Um, and yeah, like I start taking like 10 calls a day, six days a week. Um, and it was one of the best experiences I've ever, I've ever went through because it gave me, obviously it gave me cash. Um, but not only that, it gave me, uh, like I did over, over a thousand sales calls in like six months. Uh, and one of the things about having that, that many conversations is you, you really start to understand people and why they do the things they do. Uh, and you also started getting very develop, developing like this natural skepticism. And it's almost like people lie all the time and they're full of shit and they'll tell you things that they don't mean and they'll lie to you just to get out of a situation and they, they'll hide things from you. So like doing those, that many fucking calls, I, I really got to understand people at a very, at a very high level, right? It's almost like now I can predict behavior based on patterns that I've seen before. Like if someone's talking a certain way or saying certain things, and then I look at the things that they're actually doing in real time, I can predict exactly what's going to happen next. And, and once you start view, viewing the world from this lens, it, it becomes very apparent uh, that, you know, you, you almost develop this, like, you need, <laughs> you're no longer impressed by anything type of mindset, you know? And you develop, develop like, this natural skepticism of people where now I'm, I'm almost, like, always qualifying and disqualifying disqualifying people even at a subconscious level let's say i go on a date right i'm <laughs> like i'm talking to, to to a girl and i'm getting her to talk about a bunch of different things and i'm always analyzing like the things that she's saying the patterns that she's using and like the stories that she's telling and when she pauses when she seems like she's hiding something then i just like i just do what i would do on a on a sales call i probe and clarify uh and i always it's very easy for me to have conversations with people and and get them to open up very easily so that's another thing that really i got to benefit from like any social interaction that i like that i'm actively listening to that i'm being an active listener it's it's very easy for me to get people to talk and open up about things that they wouldn't otherwise open up to, to other people about. So uh, the other thing too is over over time, I developed all these skills. I've been on social media for two years. 
I understand how audiences work, how audiences are built. I've been observing all of this time. I've read copy in the past. I've done over a thousand sales calls now. So now what I decided to do, like I left that opportunity back in June um, because I really, you know, I got everything I wanted out of it. So the, the my thought process behind this is, when it, especially when it comes to skills, is like you get in whatever opportunity to develop a certain skill. Then once once you're at like eight, level eighty out of a hundred, you just go into the next one because like developing that last twenty percent is going to take probably more time and effort and energy allocated, and you're not going to get basically. Uh, the the level of ROI that you're gonna get for the time and energy being spent to improve that last twenty percent is gonna be uh, you you're basically entering territory of diminishing returns. So the way I think about these things is I think in skills I don't think in I think in skills and opportunities I don't think in necessarily money or capital um, because if you get if you apply high leverage skills in a good opportunity, then it's inevitable that you create uh, revenue. Like it's just inevitable. It's, it's, so I look at things that way. And at the time I was like, yeah, I got everything I wanted out of this. And also like the other thing I learned is that I don't want to operate a business at that level of scale, at least an internet based business like that, because the complications that come along with it are like ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, it's very like people people talk about eight figure businesses and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Like for me, like I think the threshold it, for internet businesses is probably around one to five million a year. Once you get past that point, it, it becomes really complicated to operate a business beyond that scale. Like a, a, an, an internet based business we're we're talking. Like whether like it's info products, coaching, consulting, agencies, whatever it may be. Once you get past that point, <clears throat> we're talking big teams, we're talking uh weekly and daily meetings, we're talking like very high level, very high performance based culture. You gotta meet your KPIs. If you're not meeting your KPIs, you gotta do everything to get there. You gotta like do self. You, you gotta do a lot of self auditing. You are gonna be called out on it. Um, if if you're underperforming, you know you will um, eventually. Fortunately, I never had to deal with any of that, but I've seen other people get dealt with that type of shit. And get put on the shop on the chopping block, and it's not it's not pretty, man. Like honestly, it's it really isn't. Uh, it was an awesome experience though because you all like people that I was working with in the trenches, amazing people. You build like really on these types of environments, you build like really solid relationships, and and because like it's kind of like a sport almost at that level of scale. Like you're competing at the highest level, right? This company was pulling like 15, 20 million a year. 
that's that's like top 0.001% in our space, right? So, and and the other thing too is like, it really forced me to get good at, at sales. Like, because I, I was talking to everybody who had the fucking pulse. There's a lot of people that had no business being on this call. But, um, so I had to develop my skills to a point where it, it's almost like selling to a cold audience. Not necessarily super cold, but, you know, it's almost the same thing, right? So, like, it, it really was a, a life-changing experience for me. And now what I decided to do is uh, allocate all the skills that I've learned over the last two years, combine them together, and create an offer that leverages all of them. And I'm going to explain the thought process behind it. Like, I could start a regular agency like everybody else. Um, but I'm not a fan of, of, of business models who have low, low barrier of entry. And I knew I, with everything that I know, I could uh, develop something where I could stand out a lot more, have a lot more leverage, um, and, and basically like become one of the top players in, in, that, in that game. So what I'm doing now is I'm launching um, <clears throat> iTicket coaching slash consulting business for uh, businesses for other people. And it's a high leverage play in the sense that I don't need a lot of clients to make a, a bunch of money. It's setup fees plus performance. And we're talking really high percentages because I'm literally doing everything. <clears throat> and I, <clears throat> I got my first client last month and it took around 22 days of preparation of building the stuff out that I needed to build. We launched in the beginning of uh, this month. We already crossed the, uh, we crossed over $50,000 in cash collected. We're talking like over $70,000 revenue closed with an, with an audience of like 5,000 people. So now basically what I do is I aggregate all of these skills together and I basically do alchemy with them and I put everything together and I get a really high return from it. And the reason I, I choose to do, I chose to do that is yeah, it's work. It is, but that's not what I want to, to do long-term exclusively. Obviously creating that proof of concept is going to, once you have that proof of concept, you can funnel that into many different types of offers. You can do many different things, right? But for me, the goal is like do this for like a bunch, like three or four people, like besides the one I've already done it for, do it for like more three or four people. And then to get that proof of concept, get that validation, it's already there, but you know, I'm really going to start ramping up on uh, on content very, very soon, uh, putting out case studies out there, how these things were accomplished. Um, and basically, uh, what's going to happen now is, is very straightforward. 
Uh, I, I have a bunch of different offers that I already have planned out in my head. Uh, and ultimately, when it comes to the done-for-you work, the goal is to only work with like three to four people a year, ideally like two to three, where I, again, create very high leverage partnerships where both of us can make absurd amount of money. Um, and then run these other like higher leverage, more scalable offers as sort of the main thing. And that is the game plan for, to reach like one to five million a year. And once I reach that point, then what I'm going to do is allocate that capital into higher leverage opportunities. Right? I feel like that's one of the things that people don't understand about business in our spaces, the space that we've the online space, like you don't need a business that does 20, 30 million a year, a year in our particular space. Um, you just need something that gets you to that first one to five mil a year. And then you just allocate that capital and, and pursue higher, le higher leverage opportunities that are going to get you to that maybe 30 mil to 100 mil a year way quicker than if you tried to scale like an internet-based business to those levels because scaling an internet-based business to those levels just i've seen it it's just <laughs> it's a nightmare it really is um and again I, I have that exposure so i have i've literally seen it how it plays out behind the scenes and how it works so i have a level of awareness that a lot of people don't but to get to like 30 to 100 mil a year, the vehicle should never, in my opinion, should never, like, unless you're doing like something like Alex or Mosey is doing, where you're scaling basically companies and taking equity. So basically what he's doing is he's scaling companies to certain levels and, and taking equity in and our multiple companies. Because even Alex understands that you can only scale so far with, with these internet-based businesses. Um, so he takes a bunch of them, takes equity in them, scales them all to, to the point, again, of diminishing returns, where skills skill becomes really bloated and then clunky and everything starts falling apart. And and then now, he, the way he builds them, he, he's building sellable assets too. So if, if the guys want to sell the company as well, he also takes a, a cut out of that. Uh, exit and yeah that's that's a great way to scale on internet-based businesses right it's just a very original way to do it for example but i think that internet-based business is is basically something you do for printing your first few mills and then you just take that capital and leverage it in, into higher higher leverage opportunities basically that's the way i see it so for me, at this point, that's like these, these, the path that I'm on right now is, is great because one, um, like it's not like a, an agent, a regular agency where like people sell email marketing, they sell lead generation. What happens in that, in those models, it, it becomes very hard to like the the because the the barrier of entry is so low 
because you really only need a skill, right? Because the barrier of entry is so low. You get a lot of competition, right? And and like it's it becomes a competitive marketplace. But when you aggregate skill a bunch of skills together in an offer, what happens is like the barrier of entry is actually high. So to actually for someone to like be a competitor of yours and, and copy like like a lot of these agencies do, right? Just copy straight up copy your offer, copy your delivery, whatever it may be, it's gonna be very hard to do. Right? Even if you give them the whole playbook. A very low percentage of people are going to do it, right? So now that I've, I've and and like, there's not, you know, courses or whatever laying out exactly how to do that either. So for me, like, even what I'm doing right now is not I'm not following anybody. I just I had a theory, I had a hypothesis in my mind, and I tested it out, and it fucking works. Like, again. I already told you the numbers, and this is from scratch with with a, an audience as small as five thousand people. Like when we started, this person had four thousand Twitter followers and an email email list of one thousand people. Right, that was enough to produce like over fifty thousand dollars cash collected in twenty five days. So it's kind of like now it's basically. If I could take uh, the the I guess the major lessons from this is like you need to understand that if you if you wanted to to get into higher leverage opportunities you need to learn multiple skills and you need to be competent in, in multiple skills um, and each skill has like a learning curve and. I guess the the easiest path to get to where you want to go is to like max out a skill to the to the point where you know it, you're you're good enough, then jump to the next skill and the next skill and the next skill, and after you do that with enough skills, now now you have a, a bunch of shit that you can create, bundle together and and, and do higher leverage offers and. and and create more asymmetrical results for other people. And now, once you do that, then you become much less of a commodity and you become actually inherently valuable because um, you're a lot more scarce. The people with your, your, your aggregation of skill sets is not like, it's not the same as like a high ticket sales rep or a copywriter or a lead generation agency owner. You see what I'm saying? So uh, I guess the lesson for me was I don't want to scale a business to like 30, uh, 30 mil um, online. I think it's silly, honestly, um, because again, everything starts falling apart. At at a certain point, or uh, for example, someone like Andrew Tate, right, where he scaled Oslo's University to like I think seven million dollars a month or something, but at the cost of like generating attention through, you know, uh, and now look at what's happening to 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 Andrew, right? I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad like 
I'm not saying he, he did anything wrong. Um, I'm a huge Andrew Tate fan, but again, that's the cost of, of being famous, right? Uh, in order to scale an inner an internet marketing to, to that point, we either do it like the classic way with the business methods, right? That people use, or you do it through generating like um, super like huge amounts of attention to, to personal brand, right? And and fame, but then you are exposed to something like that happening, basically. So and that's I'm not interested in either of those, to be completely honest. So yeah, this is how I got here, basically. It was fucked up life. At 23, I got my heart broken um, by this girl. And then I went on to use all of that to 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 you know figure shit out. And it was not like a smooth journey even to this point. Only now, like I'm really like things are really starting to come together. Um, and I, I, I did make a bunch of money between when I started when when I got here. Don't get me wrong. But um, it was a lot of ups and downs and, and trying to like figure out, okay, what's the next move, you know? And I think that's a lot of entrepreneurship is just that. It's figuring out, okay, what's the next move? And uh, tackling those those problems right ahead. And uh, yeah, it was two years of, of learning new skills, um, becoming and and doing it so from from another country too. Um, that's the thing. Like culture here is very people are very medi mediocre <laughs> in general. Um, and like even if I wanted to, I like the the only like it's not like the states, right? Like in the states, you can learn something like you can do plumbing, you can start any sort of business, even physical business, and you'll make money, right? Uh, if you're if you if you if you're good, like I know, like, trades do ridiculously well, for example, I, I couldn't do that here, like, no way. Like, so basically, I only had one choice, I need to figure out this online game, basically. Um, and that's exactly what I did. So, and now we're here talking to each other. And that's basically the story. Uh, now, obviously, there's a lot of details that go in between, but it's just your classic case of, you know, this guy, you know, <laughs> he was fucking, uh, it's, it's your classic come up story of, you know, guy who had fucked up life, dirt as a, broke as a joke gets his heart broken, gets really pissed off at everything, goes on to, to use all of that energy to, to to really figure start figuring shit out, goes down to rabbit holes, starts learning a bunch of new things, um, you know, goes through through, you know, a bunch of opportunity swapping, jumping from opportunity to opportunity, learning new skills, and eventually getting to a point where now you learn so much that it's basically impossible. Now, now you're one, you've learned so much, and you're two, you're so well connected that it's basically impossible for you to ever be in a struggling position ever again. Basically, that's where we are now, and that's basically like the summary. <laughs> that was uh, that was great, bro. That was a great story. Um, 
like I said before we hopped on, right? I wasn't really too familiar with like you and your story because I just got on Money Twitter um about a year ago. Um, and then um your lazy fuck David, he had followed you, and then I think he had posted your ad on on the um on his story on Instagram. And I was like, Oh, cool, okay, cool. He has a pretty cool profile, and then yeah, we just go back and forth from the DMs, just chopping shit. Um, being degenerates, and I was like, "All right, cool. Like, this is a cool guy. Let me get him on the podcast." And then I saw your Twitter, and I was just like, "Damn, like, he's really crushing it." Um, so I did want to, I did want to ask you one question, right? About you tweeted like a couple of days ago, um, being a closer for an agency offer is probably the biggest mean ever, right? Yeah. And so, like on Twitter, like because I, as an agency owner, right? I, I I was like, okay, cool. If someone wants to come into my agency and make ten thousand dollars a month, like they have to go make me a hundred thousand, right? And it's like, right. I personally haven't even got my 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 agency there like myself, right? And it's, I know right. a lot of people who haven't done that either, right? So for me, it's kind of like I feel like everything's kind of like disgenuine on the internet to like kind of push a certain agenda whenever it comes to like high ticket sales because it's everyone makes it sound like. You know, you just take eight meetings a day, and out these eight meetings, you make X amount of commission. But it's like, it's a lot more intricate than that. Like, you know, because like even my soul cycles, it's like a two call close. You feel me? So it's like right. everything's like elongated, right? So I might take thirty meetings in a month, but I might only close ten that month, and then five the next month. And so, yeah, yeah, I, I'll definitely touch on that. So, and and again, this is someone. This is from someone who's actually done this uh, in the trenches, in like one of the highest leverage opportunities that exists in the space. So I know exactly what I'm talking about. It's the closer thing is mostly a meme, in general, and that's like if you want to have a career in sales, you should go into enterprise, and that's that's just like the the no brainer. Either go into enterprise or you go into solar, you go sell really expensive shit. Because being a high ticket closer in the internet, you need to. So, industry average for a closer is 10% commission for each sale that you make, right? So, in order to make $10,000 a month, you need to be in a business that's making $100,000 a month, right? So, this is the first thing. What is the actual percentage of businesses that are making at least a hundred thousand a month? It's not that many. I can tell you that. <laughs> so that's the first thing, right? Now, understanding that, there's also the factor of. Okay. You, you have to get into a business that makes at least a hundred thousand dollars a month. And. You're you're not gonna find those like posting on Facebook groups. You just not. So the sort of the only way to get entry into those businesses is through network. Network effect. It's what happened to me, right? And that's why I got into Cole's, Cole's program to begin with. So you need to either know somebody or fork, fork up money to get into like a program that's like actually legit <clears throat> and is going to put you in those opportunities. Right, so basically, it's it's pay to play, if if you want to actually make fucking good money. So there's these two factors. Now, here's the other thing. 
You need to actually be good. That's the other thing, because these roles are solely commission-based. So if you're going to make money, you need to actually fucking be good, right? And the only way to be good at sales is to fucking do sales. <laughs> like, it's the only way. <laughs> like, you can get, like, all the fundamentals from a program, but ultimately, the only way to, to actually improve in that sales process is, is to just take more calls, do more calls. Now you're in a weird spot because uh, how are you going to take calls uh, unless you are like in, in, a, in a program, but that specifically does a lot of role play. I know Rogue Wealth launched something like that recently, but even then, like it's not role play is not sales calls, right? So now uh, the, the reason why I said that being a closer for an agency is a meme because most agencies charge between three to ten thousand dollars in 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 their a month in their offers right so first of all that's not <laughs> that's not great that's not a great starting point second thing is the sales cycle is usually longer on agencies which is also like a little bit retarded if you ask me uh because um, and I understand because the the acquisition channels used by agencies is usually cold email and stuff like that. So I understand the sales cycle being a little bit longer, but I think a lot of agencies would straight up just benefit from content and, and going the other way because uh, one, it shortens the sales cycle because people actually know you, who you are. I'm not saying that outbound is a bad thing or cold email is a bad thing or cold calling is a bad thing, but it should like if that's your like your main acquisition source, um, then I think you're working backwards because um, cold, like uh, outbound, only scales with with literally volume. It doesn't scale with anything else. Meaning that in order to to get more results with outbound, you need to scale volume with outbound, and it's not going to compound into anything. Just like sending a hundred emails or sending five thousand emails. All the, the only thing that changes is the volume, because the, the count there's no compound effect. Where whether with content and, and branding and personal branding, whatever you want to call it, right? It's slower in terms of acquisition, which is why you need the, the outbound systems, because that's your entry point, right? That's your, um, it's this like your how you get your first clients, ideally. But then, like a lot of effort should be allocated into actually creating brand because once once you create brand, one uh, people get bought into you. It's it's one of the easiest ways to differentiate differentiate yourself in the marketplace because there's fucking there's thousands of email marketing agencies for e-commerce out there. <laughs> so if you send out a cold a cold email. Even if it's good, right? Like, in, even if you have the best offer in the world, you're still losing. In 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 the frame of the interaction, you're you're always losing, because uh, you're you're. It's it's like fifty to one. Like, there's fifty other guys in my in uh, in my email inbox that are telling me the same thing you're telling me. So now I get I I have the options, and as much as you wanna. Play it out. Oh, like the client 
blah blah blah. As much as you want to play that game, it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter because uh the the easiest way to <laughs> like people talk about this all the time and they want to talk about accent. They want to talk about um oh like you're the prize and the prospect is the whatever man like uh, whoever has the most options wins always and you can't fake that like you can have that energy and you should obviously but you can't you can't win you know if, if a prospect has 50 other guys just like you and they're in an email inbox telling you telling them the same thing making the same promise then you're you're commoditized there's no other way around it one of the easiest ways around that is to to build brand right because when you build brand people get bought into you not the service not the offer you right so when people get bought into you um now like and, and one people get bought into you and people go to you proactively that's the other thing very important which completely changes the frame of the situation if someone's coming to you proactively and you're the one generating options um through their pro uh, proactivity now you're the you're, you're no longer commoditized now you actually have the leverage because they are coming to you because one they know you so you already have an advantage over you know over all these other people but not only that they're coming to you because they have a problem and you can solve it so just by default now they're the commodity and that changes the entire sales interaction and people want to talk about scripts sales processes uh all of these things like fall short against the frame uh, the entire frame of the conversation and what happens before that conversation happens. So it's kind of like, I, I'd say, first of all, build brand. If 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 you sell any service at all, build brand around that. Uh, showcase expertise. Give out content. Like very important. The other thing is uh, going back to. I know I went on on a bit of a ramble, but I think I think a lot of people need to understand these concepts because otherwise you're always going to stay stuck in the perpetual uh wheel of you know being in that uh being a commodity the other thing is being a closer especially in agency is is just your it just doesn't add up mathematically like that's why i say enterprise is the be is your best shot tech and enterprise your best shot because deal sizes even though one you get base that's the first thing um so it's not like you get you get based you you get base and commission uh obviously in terms of um, freedom right um you're you're a little bit more constrained right but you're you're dealing with deal sizes that are like over a hundred thousand dollars like minimum right so because of that um it's 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 the if you again if you're looking to pursue a career in sales it's the easiest path to get to like four to five hundred thousand a year 
um, with one singular skill, right? Easiest path. Now, being I'm I'm not saying there's no advantages to being a high ticket closer. There's definitely advantages, uh, especially in flexibility and stuff like that. But if like it's gonna be very hard for you to make a career out of being a a high ticket closer in this space. Very hard. Unless again you're in in a, a very high leverage opportunity, and you establish yourself there um, as a high performer and a, a valuable asset to, to to the company, right? If you're selling for someone like Cole Gordon, if you're selling for someone like I don't know, um, you know, people that are already very established in our spaces, then yeah, like you can you can you can do that. But even then, like. This is a concept that a lot of people need to understand. Maybe, maybe you don't care about that, but I would say you're you're pretty dumb if you don't care about that. Like, cash flow is great, it is, but you need to understand that in order to capture leverage, in order to capture the ability to work on things that are going to compound over time. You need ownership. There's no other way. Like, and what I mean by that is, in like, in order to build things that are going to compound over time, and are going to create leverage over time, like you need to hone those things. You need to own the assets. You need to 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 put your face to it. So basically, what I mean is, you can be a closer. And yeah, you can make you can you can even make a million a year. But that's it. Besides you, there's nothing. Besides you as an asset, which is great, there's nothing else. Because you're building assets for for, for another company at the end of the day. And if you really want to, to get to the to build things that are gonna compound that you can remove yourself from and have other people operate or software operate and there are going to be scalable past a point without your time which is very important you're going to be scalable without you having to dump any extra energy or time into it you need ownership it's the only way so you you might you might not care about that as an individual but i would call you stupid if if you don't, because you, yeah, you can make a a boatload of money, and you can invest it in in assets, right? Like real estate, crypto, and those are things that you own. But at the same time, uh, like for me, what it is is um, the 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 process in itself of building something. A business very very specifically like owning something that you actually built that you have built from 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 the ground up there's no other experience out there that is going to give you the the same intangible roi there's nothing out there it's the highest leverage game you can play is the game of building businesses because not only are you building something that you own that is going to provide you leverage and 
scalability without your time later you're also the the skills and and the personality traits and, and the character traits that you develop in that process nothing else can give you that so at the end of the day you can choose to be a closer um if you choose to do so i, I recommend that you go down the path that is going to yield the higher the highest return which is to sell really expensive shit basically um i think that like there's it's, it's again it's pareto right only 20 percent of the companies are going to be worth selling for the other 80 are not because one they're not there yet or maybe they're just suck right and to get access to the 20%, you need an unfair advantage. And you need some advantage in positioning. Because the guys you're competing with have that by default, right? So you can be a closer, don't get me wrong. And you're going to make money. Like if you figure that game out, you're going to make money. Don't get me wrong. That's, an, that's the other thing. I'm not saying you're not going to make money. That's it. That's all you're going to make. You're going to make money, and you're going to develop yourself as a person, which is great. But again, you're going to hit a ceiling um, eventually. So if you ever want to scale past just trading your time for money, and you want to build things that scale without you like necessarily having extra time, then you need to build. It's the only way. You need to have ownership, and you need to build. And again, you can be a closer like as a temporary thing to, to acquire skills and to acquire cash. That's great. But the only way, the true, the only true way out of uh, the flywheel that we're all kind of in is to is to build something that uh, can 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 provide you with leverage and, and scale um, over time. And compound over time. So yeah, that's that's my take on it. I think that again, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say uh, anything. I, I get the point of, of people being disingenuous. Like I'm, and I'm not saying that's that's not the case. Uh, there's a lot of people that uh, advertise things a certain way, and that's fine. Like I don't, I don't. I don't really care about that. Like you're just playing the game as it as it's supposed to be played. I'm just telling you, like for the people on the other side, for the people that want to pursue potentially pursue that opportunity, this is how it is. You know? And I think it's better if you have the awareness of how it is going into it, because now you know all the all the moving parts and you can make a better decision. Because that's it. Like for the most part, people just need more awareness to make better decisions. And if you make better decisions consistently over a long enough period of time, then it's inevitable that you get to a point where you get everything in one other life, basically. <clears throat> so yeah, that's that's all I got on, on that <laughs> on that little topic. No, yeah, bro. Um so I have one last question for you, right? If you were to go back to when you were 18, um, spent your two weeks in college, 
right? What advice would you give yourself? Would you would you would you tell yourself like don't even bother going? You're gonna end up being there for two weeks, and your life is gonna take like a crazy trajectory. So you might as well just start now. Or like, what, what would you tell yourself? That's a good question. I think this is gonna be counterintuitive. <laughs> Uh, to, to, to what a lot of people would say I would well, honestly I would just tell myself to double the fuck down um, because the one thing I didn't and it's just a, a natural byproduct like that was still the best decision I ever made dropping out of college to pursue being a fucking streamer it's it's what gave me the capacity to, to like do the things that I did now when I was like 23 and, and pursue it without any remorse or doubt but i would say just double the fuck down um because like i i don't think that even if i wanted to change something it doesn't matter anymore um i cannot change anything at all um if i could give advice to my younger self is just learn learn new things all the time uh, just be obsessed with 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 the process of, of becoming better as an individual like learn new things expose yourself to to people who are doing better than you in life whether that's through the internet whether that's in real life just be exp like create expose yourself to, to, to the possibilities because I believe if you're smart Right. Even if you're not, but if you're smart and you get exposed to the right people and the right ideas, it's just only a matter of time until you you eventually crack the code. Um, and all the other things, I it's things I already did. Like I was already tenacious. I've always been tenacious uh, as a byproduct of, of the way my life was. Uh, of the way my life played out in general uh i guess the most important things is to be tenacious uh to be almost like irrationally op optimistic about things because i can tell you like in a lot of the moments that were the sort of the darkest periods of my life that's the only thing that really kept me going for the most part it's just this this natural like this almost irrational sense of optimism that eventually everything would play out uh, and and as I wanted it to, and and work out. Um, I guess one thing I would say is like to to to. I guess I would one thing I would say to my eighteen year old self is that to spend more time really getting closer to God. You know, I think that's one. That's one of the things I, I would tell myself because I, I feel like the way the world is going at this point, I feel like if, if you don't have faith, a strong sense of faith, and you are spirit, spiritually disconnected, you're done. Like, I, I really believe that. Like, it's going to be very hard for you to make anything out of yourself if you don't have that strong spiritual connection um so that's one thing i would tell myself and the other thing i would tell myself too is i used to 
I used to burn a lot of bridges <laughs> back in the day. Uh, and that's that's like basically uh, a lot of it was from being immature and always having this, you know, me against the world attitude uh, type of that I developed just naturally <laughs> because of my circumstances. To not, you know, like it's really, it's, I think it's really like burning bridges should never be something that you intentionally try to do, you know? It's going to come naturally as a byproduct of growth and pushing uh, towards big goals. And that's just naturally going to happen because there's going to be disconnect between you and certain people. But like, if you have the chance to hint something on good terms, and if you have the chance to 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 like not carry that baggage with you of of ending something on bad terms, and you know later down the line being like, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that, <laughs> you know, um, then yeah, like I, that's another thing I would say that like just. Like sometimes people don't give you another option, but I was very proactive in, in, in that process of like just okay, you want to fuck with me, you wanna you wanna be like an idiot or you wanna be a dickhead, fuck you, like and yeah, like I I don't I don't think that's the right attitude to have because ultimately people are never gonna care as much as you do, and if you end things on a good note. I think that uh, people people will remem remember that fondly, and it's also in a way you don't give space for them to hold any sort of mental real estate over you. Um, I, I'd say get closer to God. Don't burn bridges so easily. Don't get so don't be so emotionally impulsive. Um, Learn to control like your emotions. Very important too. Because as I said, life is basically a feedback loop, right? Everything that is in front of you right now is just a, a natural byproduct of the decision. Like the way you think influences your decisions. Your decisions influence your actions. Your actions influence your outcomes. Your outcomes influence the way you think. So, really, the less emotionally reactive you are the better decisions you make the better decisions you make the faster and easier you're going to get to where you want to go so definitely emotional control um and again these are lessons that i learned later down the line anyway i'd say to just i was very naive when i was younger i was a I was really was trying my best to, to see the best in people, and that's not a bad thing. Don't get me wrong; I'm I still am that way, but just understanding that there's there's genuinely good people out there. There's genuinely bad people out there. So, like, always give someone an opportunity, but at the same time, like, look at what people do, not what they say, now not not what they signal, not what they preach to the world just look at what they do on a day-to-day -day basis it's the easiest way to get to know somebody 
Just look at what these people do on a day-to-day basis, how they act, how they treat other people. And you're going to save yourself a lot of time, a lot of frustration and disappointment. Because ultimately, uh, if you just look at what people do, then, yeah, like, it's very, it becomes way, way easier to filter who's quality and who's not. And ultimately, it's not about, oh, you should only hang out with rich people. You should only hang out with successful people. That's not what it, it is about. You should hang out with quality. People who are genuinely good, people who are genuinely high quality, regard, regardless of where they come from, regardless of their their current position in life. People who have like, just solid character traits, loyalty, respect, um, brotherhood and friendship. People who understand these concepts well, and they live by them religiously. These are the people that you want in your life. Because if you have that, man, you're good. You could lose everything. You could fucking, you know. And that's that's one of the biggest privileges I've always had. I, I, that, and I guess that's why I'm so grateful and, and I live such a high-quality life. Is because I had all the fucked up shit, but I always had these people by my side. Um, to, to share like these things with. And, and um, if you have that man, like life is good, you know. Like you could lose everything, you could fucking, but you're gonna be fine. Because as, as long as you have those people by your side, like they're gonna take care of you, even if they don't have like the best options or best opportunities, or they're not in the best place place in life, they will take care of you. Um, which also gives you again the space and time and energy to to even if you even if you lose everything right even if you get yourself in a really sticky situation it gives you like a some breathing room to 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 bounce back basically so i'd say um look at what people do like evaluate people from the lens of their actions rather than what they say what they preach, what they signal. Uh, just look at what they do on a, on a regular basis. Um, and and I'd say that's that's about that. <laughs> um, I'd say that's the things that I would I would tell myself if if I was if I had the chance to go back in time. Yeah, and, that's great. Yeah, like I would never say my say to myself to to make different do different things. Because I think that that's that's pointless mindset to have. Because what's the past doesn't even exist. It's just like it, it's literally a construct and a collection of memories. That's all it is. Um, like the only thing that matters is what's happening right now. So I don't I don't try to dwell too much on on those things because it it truly doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Like the only thing that matters is what's in front of me today. And what's going to be in front of me tomorrow? Um, so I would just like teach myself better ways of operating in the world. That's 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 all I would tell myself if I was younger. And I think that's the right mindset to apply to yourself even today. Like if you do some fucked up shit yesterday, or if you fuck something up, like 
there's no point in dwelling in any of that. Like, no point at all. Like, there's nothing to be done. Like, just move forward. Move forward. Attack life proactively. Attack what's in front of you right now. And everything falls into place, man. Like, that's the other thing, too. Like, people spend so much time contemplating shit and uh, trying to, like, fucking go over their past or the mistakes they did or like almost like torturing themselves doesn't none of it matters man <laughs> see what i'm saying so just attack what's in front of you at all times and everything falls into place eventually it, it really i really believe that <laughs> so that that's that's what i would say basically yeah so there you have it guys um a great conversation with david well really just him explaining his <laughs> life and kind of answering every question that I asked super in depth. So I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time out your day to uh, speak with me. Um, and so that concludes this episode of the Allocast. Um, so David, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at youactualized, and you can find me on Instagram at the based Mendes. Um, and yeah, that's basically it. There you have it, guys. Go give him a follow. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, and thank you for listening as well. And I hope you guys have a great, I hope you guys enjoyed and I hope you guys rush it. Yes, sir. Let's get after it. <laughs>